something like that. But he did receive at that point uh, a prophetic word about going to the nations and we were very pleased to stand alongside Taiwo to see the fulfilment of that. They are a very confused family. Very confused. Taiwo, Nigerian by birth, Irish by citizenship, resided in the UK for many years and now is trying to find his way around the desert in Qatar. But we're thrilled to have him and the family with us more. So, Father, we just want to thank you for the gifting you placed within Taiwan. I want to thank you for the work you're doing in and through the family, Lord. And what a delight it is just to have them back with us. We ask right now, there is just great freedom for Taiwan to share that which you've placed upon his heart for us and give us open hearts to receive from you. Amen. Amen. Thank you. It's such a delight to be uh, back in Durham uh, and to be away from the heat. I know so many people think, oh, it's cold, I want to get away. And we're so glad to have a bit of cold weather. <laughs> so that's a, that's a real plus, yeah. And it, it's, it's, it's been um, just an amazing couple of months uh, as we're making this transition and seeing what God is doing with us and how God is leading us. Uh, and to see the stretch and, and, and the challenges uh, as well as the blessings of that has just been, it's been tremendous. Uh, so this morning, as I, as I was thinking about this, it's just been a recurring theme on my heart. Uh, and, and in some ways, I think the way the service has gone this morning uh, uh, is a confirmation. So I'm going to be speaking to us very briefly. Uh, I'm a mount. <laughs> it's a Nigerian briefly, you know. <laughs> so yeah, so, we, we, so so I'm going to be speaking on the topic we were born to worship, born to worship, um, because as, as I've as I've thought about our time together this morning, I've just felt drawn by the Lord back to that point again that we were born to worship God. The, 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 the purpose of our existence is to worship Him. Uh, and as believers, we need to come back to that again and again and again and again. Revelation says the elders gather round the throne 24 hours. You know, they cast their crowns down. The angels, they gather. And everybody comes and all they do is just worship Him. Just worship Him, declaring you are worthy to be praised. You're worthy to be exalted. You're worthy to be the one. You know, and, they just, and they just worship Him. And, and so this morning, that's what I'm going to just be reminding us. And I'm going to read a few extras from this book by A.W. Tozer, uh, which is titled, Whatever Happened to Worship, as part of this. Uh, so if we want to just quickly look at Luke chapter 4, verse 8 as an introduction... And then I'm going to ask Tyra to come up and just lead us in a, in a time of, in a song just to, to, to just prepare us for this. But let's look at Luke chapter 4 verse 8. And Jesus answered, It is reason, worship the Lord your God and serve Him only. Now you have to remember, this is the context of when the enemy was trying to distract Jesus. And the Bible says God had led him, uh, the, the, it led him into the wilderness to be tempted of the enemy. 
And one of the striking sentences that Jesus spoke to the enemy to, to kind of let him know, I understand why I am here and I will not be distracted from following that which God has called me to do. He says, it is reading. You will worship the Lord your God and you will serve him only. That is the reason why it brought us here. And there is a, 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 a lovely line in the, in the old catechism book, which I, I tried to find that phrase. And, and Tozo also repeatedly goes back to it. Uh, and when he says that the duty of, of man, the chief, aim, the chief end of man is to glorify God and to enjoy him forever. That the chief end of man is to glorify God and to enjoy Him forever. And we enjoy God when we come into that place of intimacy, when we discover that intimacy of worship, when we discover the joy of being in His presence. As we sang in that song, when we discover the awesomeness and the wonder of being in the presence of God. So I'm going to ask Tayo to come, just lead us in the song, and then we'll take off from there. Thank you. Praise God. Come and make my heart your home. Come and be everything I am and all I know. Search me through and through till my heart becomes a home. For you till my heart becomes a home for you. Come and make my heart your home. Come and be everything I am and all I know. Search me. Till our hearts become a 
where your presence can take preeminence, where you can be Lord of all that we have and all that we do. Lord, where we come into service from a place of being planted and established in your purposes and in your counsel. And out of that place of intimacy with you, out of that place of the knowledge of the holy, out of that place of being fascinated by your beauty, Lord, we bring forth our gifts, we bring forth our service. There is a spirit of a heart, Lord, when we engage with you and partner with you in your purposes on earth. But Lord, I desire that let all of this come knowing that we were born to worship you. That we were made for worship. We were made to bring glory. The end of man, Lord, is to enjoy you, Lord. Enjoy you in a communion. Enjoy you in meditating on your word. Enjoy you in the place of prayer. Enjoy you in the fellowship with one another. We've talked about the oneness of Christ. That's your prayer for us to be one. Even in our fellowship with one another, with our brothers and sisters, that we do all of that coming out of a place of worship and just surrender to you and to your purposes, Lord. So, Lord, we ask this morning as we come, Lord, Lord, we do not come to the letter of the word. Because the Bible says the letter kill. But Lord, we come to the spirit of Christ. Lord, let your spirit breathe upon us. Let there be a lightning upon our hearts, Lord. Let there be, oh Lord, a quickening by your spirit. We come to the spirit of the word. To make us alive in you. To make us alive in your purposes. To make us alive in our pursuit of you. And in our desire for the things of your spirit, Lord. Holy Spirit, will you just come, even in this moment, Lord, and just breathe upon us, Spirit of the living God, the bread of God. Make us alive anew, Lord. Bring us to our first love. Bring us to that place of intimacy with you, Lord. Everything that has stolen the joy of being in your presence, everything that has ended our communion with you, everything that has, Lord, defrauded us of our intimacy with you, Lord, with you, cause them to fall away, even right now, as we stand in your presence. Lord, we recognize this is a holy moment, Lord. We're standing on holy ground. We're standing right now in your presence, Lord. We're standing on holy ground. And we recognize that your spirit is amongst us. Your presence is here, Lord. You're here in power. You're here in the, in the might of your spirit. And so, spirit of the living God, will you breathe upon us? Breathe upon us, Lord. Bread of God. Fill us afresh. Fill us anew. Open our eyes afresh. And many of us who have lost our way, Lord, tonight, this, this morning, will you reconnect us? Will you rekindle your life afresh in us? As many where the embers of the flame of a spirit is dying, the Lord, will you find to flame? Find to flame, Lord, the desires and the passions of God and the love of your presence afresh in our hearts as we come to you this morning, Lord. Spirit of the living God, will you breathe upon us right now, Lord? Lord, is there anyone here who has never known, Lord, the beauty of the communion of Jesus? Who has never known the joy of intimacy with you? 
who's never known the beauty of having you as their father, who's never known the beauty of the creator of the heavens and the earth to be the one who calls them to be a friend and to walk alongside them. Lord, I pray this morning, even as, as they gather here, Lord, will they feel something of the power of your spirit? Lord, will their eyes of understanding be enlightened, Lord? Will the scales just fall off? Lord, will you just get a glimpse of the glory of God? Lord, I pray, let there be a weight of glory upon this house right now, Lord. Lord, we ask, let there be a weight of your glory upon each one of us, even as we rest in you this morning, Lord. Lord, we come to the Spirit of the Word. We, we ask, we want to have an encounter with the living Word. In each of our hearts right now, right now, under the spell of my voice, let the weight of your glory come upon us. Come upon us right now, even in this moment, Lord. That we will know something. We will know something fresh of the beauty of Jesus. And the glorious inheritance that you offer us as you call us into fellowship with you, Lord. In the name of Jesus. Amen. I just, I, just, I just feel the Lord wants us to really just press into that. I'll just quickly read something from this excerpt from, um, I think I'm just, I'm going to change the flow of things. Um, it says, we all should be willing to work for the Lord. But it is a matter of grace on God's part. I am of the opinion that we should not be concerned about working for God until we have learned the meaning and the delight of worshipping Him. A worshipper can work with eternal quality in his work, but a worker who does not worship is only piling up wood, a and stumble, for the time when God sets the world on fire. I fear that there are many professing Christians who do not want to hear such statements about their busy schedule. But it is the truth. God is trying to call us back to that for which He has created us. To worship Him and to enjoy Him forever. It is then out of our deep worship that we do His work. All of the examples that we have in the Bible illustrate that glad and devoted and reverent worship is the normal employment of moral beings. Every gleam that is given of us, that is given to us of heaven and of God's created being is always a glimpse of worship and rejoicing and praise because God is who He is. Remember, we know Christ only as the Spirit enables us. We know Christ only in as much as the Holy Spirit enables us. The Bible says no one can call Jesus Lord except it be by the revelation of the Spirit. And our knowledge of Him is only as the enabling of the Spirit and the enabling of the Spirit comes as we seek the Lord in worship. As we give our heart to Him in worship. All of our work, all of our labor and all of our service 
comes out of that place of deep and reverent worship for Him. And let's never lose track to think, okay, well, but if all I'm doing is worshipping Him, will I be able to then engage in the work? I want you to listen to this. I mean it when I say that I would rather worship God than do anything else. You may reply, if you worship God, you do nothing else. But that only reveals that you have not done your own work. The beautiful part of worship is that it prepares you and enables you to zero on the important things that must be done for God. And it says, if you look at every dispensation in the church where there has been a great revival and a great move of God. Every single one who has led us and who has been part of those were worshipping believers. There were people who were consumed by the passion and the heart of God. It was not done out of social desire or social justice. No, it was born out of catching the heart of God. If you look at the movement in the churches, you look at the social, every development in our civilization, they have been pioneered by men who got a hold of God's heart. When their heart was broken for the things that broke us heart, when their heart was consumed by the passions of the things of God, that was what moved them to be able to do that which in their time and in their generation seemed impossible. Because they were inspired by the living God, empowered by God, they leaped over walls and mountains and unbelievable impossibilities. I remember a story of Mullah and when he was setting up his arms and the people were saying, you, you spend so much time in prayer and he says, the work I need to do is so much that I need to spend as much time in prayer because no man is going to be able to achieve it. But because he spent so much time seeking God, he saw God began to do impossible things. And everything we do, when we seek Him, when we worship Him, it does not distract us from the work of God. Actually, when God laid hold of your heart, it's easy to lay everything else down. It's easy to lay it all down and give it all off for His sake. Because when God captures your heart, everything else loses its power over you. When God captures your heart, the world loses its power. When God captures your heart, you're able to give up everything for the sake of the glory of God. And so, worship does not distract us from doing the work of God. It actually empowers us, enables us to do it with the supernatural power and the grace of God. So when we set our hearts to worship, when we set our hearts to seek Him, when we set our hearts to, to know Him, we are actually putting ourselves in a place where we can do much more than we could ever do in our own power or in our own strength. Because in that place of worship, in that place of seeking Him, in that place of seeking His heart, we are throwing our hearts open to Him and we're saying, Lord, here am I. Do whatever you please with me. And whatever He calls you to do, the grace to do it comes upon your life. The strength to do it comes upon your life. Whether it be in the business out there, whether it be at home, whether you're a homemaker, whether you're out in the field, whether you're in the medical, whether you're in the business, or whatever He calls us to do, as a believer and a worshipper, we will actually discover an increasing grace and measure upon our lives to accomplish what God has called us and what God wants to do with us. And so the prayer this morning is, let us set our hearts to worship Him. 
Let us set our hearts to be a people who are giving to worship. Let's set our hearts to a people who are going to not compromise the quality of that time that we devote to Him. Lord, may we never lose our wonder. The wonder of the beauty of what you can do with a life that is yielded to you. This last few weeks, I've sat back and I've watched some of what God has given me the privilege and enabled me to be able to experience and to walk through. And it rings true when you realize the power of God's word and the power of God's presence at work within you. And you realize that He can do so much more in you and with you than you could ever do with yourself. And yet in His wisdom, He makes this path for you. And sometimes people might look at you and think, well, you've got it all figured out and you've got it all sorted. It's got nothing to do with that. Half of the time, you're just treading in fear and in panic, thinking, what's the next step? But because you know in your heart of heart, though, that this is a step that you're taking with God. When you know that even though I might not know the next hundred steps, but I know He's asked me to take the step. I found myself going back again to Abraham when God says, come out of your people and go into a place that I will show you. And He just gave him instructions step by step. And the Bible says Abraham was a man of faith because what? He just believed God and he just responded to what God was doing. He just believed God and he just took a step. And after every step, God continued to unveil things and he began to... And the, but that's the dependence on him. That's the place where you lay hold of him. That's the place where it's not because you've got it all figured out. It's just because you're trusting him one step at a time. But what a privilege to actually see the grace of God come through that. I remember the word, one of the words God gave us living in Nigeria 20 years ago says, My word will take you further than your sister's look will ever take you. And I have seen things in this last even couple of weeks that God has done with me that my sister's look could never do that. But it's the word of God. It's just that obedience to the instruction, just stepping out in faith, taking courage to just lay hold of God's instruction and just moving in faith and see what God will do with it. But that's born out of a place of intimacy. That's born out of a place of being able to hear God. And the Bible says, my sheep, they hear my voice. Every child of God hears the voice of God. The leading of God is available for every one of his children. But we must set our heart to seek him. The Bible says, everyone who seeks him will find him. He's a faithful God. When we seek him, we will find him. And I tell you, he's more interested in revealing his heart to you than you probably have. And we saw that in the story of the prodigals. He was still far off, but the father was already seeking after him. He was thinking, I'm not deserving of this. I should just be in the kitchen and in the back room. But the father says, no, you're coming back to the throne. You're coming back to the table. You're coming back to the place of sonship and authority in my house. You're coming back into a place where you're fulfilling the purpose for which you have been created. That's his desire for us. That's never changed. Sometimes we might disqualify ourselves, but he never disqualifies us. It's hardest for us. It's hardest to get us into that place. And that's why the enemy tries to rob us and create different things that distract us and takes us 
Because he knows that when we are focused on him, when our gaze is upon him, when we see him for who he is, we will be changed. We will be transformed from one level of glory to another level of glory. That's the promise of God. That's the truth and that is a faithful promise to us. As we behold him, we will be changed. As we behold him, we will be changed. You cannot behold him and remain the same. It is impossible. No one ever came in contact with Jesus and remained the same. It's not possible. When we behold Him, we will be changed. And we behold Him as we set our heart to worship Him. We behold Him as we set our heart to worship Him. And as we behold Him, we're transformed, we're changed from one level of glory to another level of glory. So the encouragement to us this morning is your Father calls you to a glorious life. It calls you to a glorious life. Now, a glorious life does not mean a life of no challenges. No. Actually, sometimes as I'm discovering in this last couple of months, actually sometimes it's greater challenges. But yes, even in those greater challenges, when you see the power of God to bring you through that, and when you see the beauty of the power of God to accomplish things in you, that encourages you, it strengthens your heart, and it helps you to even appreciate His love and His commitment to you, and just how He is so concerned even about the minutest details of your life, and He's got it all worked out. But more than that, though, it's the joy of knowing that you're partnering with God in His work on earth. And knowing that God even in your infallibility and in all of your weaknesses, He is partnering with you, enabling you to be a vessel in His hands, to be His voice, to be His hands, to be His feet, to be His eyes, to be, to be the, you know, everything that He wants to be. And you, ordinary you, are becoming such an important part of what God is doing. And for me this morning, it's just to remind us, it's just to stir our hearts up, it's just to challenge us afresh and say there's so much more in God. It's not just an empty mantra, there is a reality in it. There is a reality in that. There is so much more in God that He wants to reveal to us. And as many who will set their heart on seeking Him, you will find it. As many who will knock and bang on that door, you will find an opening Things will be open to you, a fresh revelation of who God is, a fresh revelation of His heart for you, a fresh revelation of His purposes for your life will become manifest to you. Because He is a good God. And I just really want to, you know, just, you know, encourage you and, and just say to you this morning, God really, really wants to bring us to that place. I read the last paragraph and I go off this book now. It says, I cannot speak for you, but I want to be among those who worship. I do not just want to be a part of some great ecclesiastical machine where the pastor turns the crank and the machine runs. You know, the pastor loves everybody and everybody loves him. He has to do it, he speaks to do it. I wish that we might get back to worship again. That when people come into the church, they will instantly sense that they come among holy people, God's people. They can testify of the truth 
God is in this place. That will be the testimony when people come amongst us of a truth. God is in this place. God is in this place. They'll be like Jacob because as they speak amongst us, the spirit is wrestling with them. The words of knowledge are speaking into specific things in their life. The music is speaking something of their situation and their circumstances. The world is hitting a nail on their head. And they're wrestling with the spirit and they're saying, I never knew God was here. I never knew this was the doorway to heaven. And it's as they come amongst us, they will testify and say, God was in their midst. And I didn't even realize it. But they will know because something of God will rub off on them. That is not going to be cranked up by any entertainment and any imagination of man. But if we're worshiping community, when people come amongst us, they will realize that we're not just Emmanuel by name, we're Emmanuel indeed. Because God dwells amongst us. That's a promise for us. The promise is in the name. Emmanuel, God with us. God with us. God with us. That is His promise. We can press into that. We can hold into that and say, God, that is your promise. We will be a community of believers where when people come in contact and come amongst us, they will know that they have come in contact with the living God. They have been in the presence of the living God. So, Lord, will you do this for us, Lord? Will you awaken a desire in our hearts, Lord, to bring you glory? Not for us, Lord, but for your glory. The chief end of man is to glorify Jesus. It's to glorify you, Lord. In a gathering, Lord, we're not just here to entertain ourselves and make ourselves feel good. Lord, we want to reveal your heart. We want to reveal your glory. Everyone who comes into a community, we want them to testify that they have been in the presence of Jesus. And so this morning, Holy Spirit, will you just come? Will you just come and touch us? You know, as we were praying this morning, and somebody brought a word similar as well. I thought the Lord saying there are some people in their heart who are saying, it looks as if God has just left me behind. It looks as if God is no longer interested in my stuff. He's interested in my brother's stuff. He looks after my sister's stuff. But it's as if he's forgotten me. And there's a sense of discontentment within your soul. And a sense of discontentment within your spirit. And a sense of discontentment in just your whole life. just seems crumbling. But here this morning I saw the Lord wants to say to you, no, no, no. There is a time and a season. And we, you know, one of those songs we talked about, you know, he talked about the seasons. When he was talking about the beauty of God. You know, there is a winter time. There is a summer time. There is a spring time. And all of those seasons are different for each one of us. All of those seasons are different for each one of us. And that's why I cannot be comparing your season with my season because he makes all things beautiful in his own time. In his time. But those timings are different for each one of us. And so I just want to bring you an encouragement from the Lord this morning. That is you. And God is saying to you, son, daughter, just keep your eyes on me. Keep your eyes on me. Your, your seasons are in my hands. Your times are in my hands. And I say, Lord, but this time is, 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 it seems to be going so long. Why is it going so long? Why is it a struggle? Why is it not changing? Why, are we, why is this persisting? I say, son, just hold it. Daughter, hold it. It is a season. But that season is going to turn. It's going to change by the power of the Spirit. But you've got to hold them. Why are you holding them? Because you know He's faithful who has promised. He's faithful who has promised. And He will do it. 
is faithful, who has promised, and he will do it. And that's why you're holding him. That's why you're laying on of that truth. Not because of anything that you see, but because you're trusting in faith. So if that's you this morning, I want to encourage you. The Bible says, godliness with contentment is great gain. Godliness with contentment. Finding contentment, even in the midst of those struggles and those challenges, is a gift that God offers us as His children. And if you're here this morning, God offers you the gift of contentment. He says, even in that season of your life, even in that place where you are right now, it can give you a sense of commitment, contentment and rest. As you trust Him to bring you through and bring you into another season. Can we rise up and let's pray together? If that's you this morning, I just want you where you are just to reach out to God. God is in this place, brothers and sisters. God is in this place. His presence is with us. And He's here to meet us. He's here to meet us. He wants to speak into that situation this morning. I would just love you to just open your heart and just say, Lord Jesus, just come. Holy Spirit, come. Spirit of the living God, come. Lord, we're open to you. Our heart is your resting place, Lord. We open the doors of our hearts to you this morning. Come. We open the doors of our heart, Lord. We open the doors of our Holy Spirit. Will you come? All over this place, Lord. Let your Spirit begin its work amongst us right now, Holy Spirit. Come amongst us right now, Spirit of the living God. Spirit of the living God. Spirit of the living God, come. Come amongst us right now. Speak into those situations. Lord, remind us of your truth. Bring the challenge that we need. Bring the encouragement that we need. Holy Spirit, we're hoping to you right now. We're hoping to you, Holy Spirit. Lindsay, will you come and sing that song, The Wonder Again? Is that okay? We're not going to spend too much time, but as as we just sing that song, I just want you to just respond in your heart to God this morning. As that word just reminds us, but individually, I just believe God wants to do that thing. God is with us right now. He's here. His presence is here with us. His power is here with us to make a difference and to make an impact.